All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Plans and Programs Committee meeting of the San Francisco Transportation Authority for February 9th, 2016. Uh, I'm Katie Tang, Chair of this committee, and to my left, we have Commissioner Aaron Peskin, John Avalos, and to my right, Commissioner Mark Farrell. Uh, our clerk today is Steve Samos, and I'd like to thank Leo uh, Diasis and Bill Dillon from SFGov TV. Uh, with that, do we have any announcements? There are no announcements. Okay. Uh, if we could please call item one. Item one, roll call. Commissioner Avalos? Present. Avalos present. Commissioner Cohen? Cohen absent. Commissioner Farrell? Present. Farrell present. Commissioner Peskin? Present. Peskin present. Commissioner Tang? Present. Tang present. We have quorum. Thank you. Item two, please. Item two, Citizens Advisory Committee Report. This is an information item. <coughs> Thank you. I'd like to call up Chris Wadling, our CAC chair. Good morning, commissioners. Uh, welcome to the new commissioners to uh, this committee. Um, we didn't uh, have too much to discuss uh, regarding uh, many of the items on your agenda today. Um, item six was the only one we took up. Um, regarding the new buses, uh, the CAC focused mainly on some specifics uh, regarding design of the new buses, interior lighting, headlights, that kind of thing. Um, maintenance, warranty issues, uh, just wanted to make sure that all of those were part of the agreement. Um, and it seems from FTA that, that they are, uh, so we were satisfied with that. Um, Peter Tannen also brought up the um, uh, warranties relating to the hybrid systems, uh, noting that in Chicago these buses have been used and they've been known to have problems, and so wanted to make sure that those the hybrid system uh, propulsion systems were taken care of as far as the warranty, and again, we were assured they were. Uh, the other item that we talked about a little bit was the uh, bike lanes on Golden Gate. Um, and Peter Tannen again asked why about uh, why it wasn't a buffered park, a parking buffered bike lane as opposed to just a simple buffered bike lane. Uh, MTA responded that the pavement quality was too poor, something we deal with a lot in the city, um, uh, especially as cyclists. And uh, there were community concerns about uh, people blocking bike lanes as well as perceived threats to increase of, of increased crime uh, by shielded cars. So uh, some, you know, things that we were just made aware of. Um, in the end, the CAC approved this item unanimously. I don't think we have anything other items on the agenda, your agenda today that, that we covered. All right, thank okay. you very much. Thank you. Any questions, comments, seeing none? Thank you for your presentation, and we'll open that up to public comment now for item two. Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. And if we can go to our consent calendar. Consent calendar, items three to four comprise a consent calendar. These items are considered routine. Staff is not planning to present on these items, but are prepared to present if desired. If a member objects, any of the consent items may be removed and considered separately. Okay, uh, seeing no questions, comments, then we'll open a consent calendar to public comment. Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed, and let's take a roll call vote. On items three and four, Commissioner Avalos? Aye. Avalos, aye. Commissioner Cohen? Cohen, absent. Commissioner Farrell? Aye. Farrell, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Tang? Aye. Tang, aye. The consent calendar is approved. All right. Thank you. And now item five, please. Item five, recommend appointment of two members to the Citizens Advisory Committee. This is an action item. Thank you. Mike Pickford from uh, the TA here. Good morning, Chair and Committee members. The Transportation Authority has a Citizens Advisory Committee with 11 members, each serving a two-year term. The Plans and Programs Committee recommends and the Board appoints individuals to fill any CAC vacancies. Neither Transportation Authority staff nor the CAC itself make recommendations on appointments. 
To qualify for appointment to the CAC, applicants must be San Francisco residents and must appear before this committee at least once to speak to their interest and qualifications. Attachment one for this item shows information about current committee members. The list of applicants for the vacant positions is attachment two, and detailed application materials for each applicant can be found in the enclosure. The vacancies under consideration today are the result of the resignation of Wells Whitney and the term expiration of Peter Tannen. Mr. Tannen is seeking reappointment. Uh, there are a total of 26, 26 applicants uh, for you to consider for this vacancy. There were 25 listed uh, in the attachment, and we received one uh, late over the weekend after the uh, materials were printed. Um, so with that, I can take any questions, and I, I know there are at least uh, one or two people here to speak to their interest today. Okay, great. Thank you. Seeing no questions or comments at this moment, if I could just ask the applicants to come up and make a short presentation about uh, your interest in serving on the CAC. Good morning, supervisors, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Roger Coe. I uh, appeared before this committee last time there was an opening in District 3. Uh, so I recently served on Julie Christensen's District 3 committee last. Um, so a little bit about my background. I've been an entrepreneur for 15 plus years, uh, most recently still an entrepreneur and consulting um, and a venture partner in technology. So I feel that my unique position in technology um, allows me to uh, give the committee some insight as to basically, you know, where the technology and transportation is going, uh, namely autonomous cars. And it's been very interesting to me. I've done a lot of research on it, um, and the tectonic plates are shifting underneath us, and they will be in the next five years. It's going to be radically different. Um, I just recently read some reports and articles that it's going to be so drastic, 10 million people are going to be out of work in the automotive industry, including automotive parts, insurance, parking, um, public transportation. So everything is going to be changing. And uh, I'd like to see uh, the other thing to note is that San Francisco is one of the cities. There's only a few cities in the U.S. that actually have a proposed plan or master plan in place to deal with um, basically autonomous cars in the future. San Francisco is not one of them. And I'd like to see San Francisco on the forefront of this and not, you know, in the background trailing behind because that's what we deserve. I'm a native, by the way, so I'm very proud of my city and I want to see us, you know, be on the forefront of this. And if we don't start planning for this now, we're going to be left behind. Thank you very much. Thank you for your presentation. Any other applicants interested? I'm serving on the CAC, please come on up. Okay, I don't see anyone else. All right, so at this time then I know that, um, uh, I believe that Peter Tannen is not here and if there's a desire to uh, reappoint him, he did show up before so he doesn't have to appear before us today. Um, all of the other applicants, they must have had to make at least one appearance before this body. So uh, with that, I know that um, District 3, uh, the, the seat that is vacant is held by a District 3 person. So with that, uh, Commissioner Peskin. Thank you, Madam Chair, colleagues. Uh, I appreciated Mr. Cow's presentation this morning and would like the opportunity to visit with you. So if you could make an appointment in my office, I would look forward to visiting with you offline and would like to continue the District 3 position uh, to our next plans and programs meeting. Okay. And uh, so if I, th I think I hear a motion in that. And do we want to also get a motion on uh, reappointing Peter so Tannen? I would, I would move that 
We continue the District 3 seat to our next monthly meeting and uh, appoint Mr. Tannen to the District 5 seat. Okay. And so before we take an actual vote on that, we'll go to public comment. Any members of the public who wish to speak on item 5? Okay. Seeing none, public comment is closed. So uh, if we can uh, do that, I think, without objection. Okay. Without objection, then, we will appoint Peter Tannen and uh, continue District 3. Item 6, please. Item 6, recommend allocation of 49,341,000 in Prop K funds with conditions subject to the attached fiscal year class for distribution schedule. This is an action item. Thank you. We have Mr. Pickford again. All right. Uh, so today we have six requests, um, as you can see on the screen there. Uh, first up is a large request uh, related to SFMTA's hybrid bus procurement. In December 2014, the SFMTA board approved a contract to purchase 424 hybrid buses over a six-year term, including related tools, training, and spare parts. To date, SFMTA has ordered over 150 of these vehicles, funded in part with prior Prop K allocations, and 40 of them are already in service. SFMTA uh, um, now has the opportunity to take advantage of unexpected production capacity at the manufacturer to accelerate its procurement schedule and reduce costs by immediately purchasing the next 148 vehicles in the contract. We've worked extensively with SFMTA and MTC on the funding strategy to get these vehicles in service as soon as possible. Uh, there will be operational savings because the hybrid buses use less fuel and require less maintenance than the diesel buses they would replace, uh, as well as they'll be nicer to ride. Um, this contract option maintains consistent bus quality because the manufacturer uh, wouldn't have to stop and start over again, uh, can build San Francisco's order straight through. Um, we're also working closely with SFMTA and MTC to accelerate the availability of $147 million to purchase the final 117 vehicles in the contract, uh, including committing to allocate $30 million in Prop K funds upon the availability of uh, federal or other funds that could cover the balance. Um, next is uh, fire and life safety. Um, this request would upgrade fire alarm systems at the Metro Green Light Rail facility, the Flynn Division, the Scott Division, the Kirkland Division, and the Petrero Division. Existing systems are reaching the end of their useful lives and have become more difficult to maintain. New systems would ensure uh, compliance with building codes. Uh, South Van Ness traffic signal upgrade. This project would upgrade seven intersections with larger vehicle signals, mast arms, and new poles to improve signal visibility, along with pedestrian countdown signals, uh, new accessible pedestrian signal buttons um, would be installed at two uh, intersections. And this section of South Van Ness is a high injury network corridor. These funds would be used to match uh, a $1.6 million highway safety improvement program grant. Uh, Taylor Street safety planning. Uh, SFMTA is requesting matching funds for a Caltrans planning grant for an innovative planning project on Taylor Street, a pedestrian high injury corridor. They expect to hear in June if their grant was successful. And uh, the project will hire consultants to partner with community-based organizations to identify safety improvements on the corridor as well as opportunities to develop safe, attractive public spaces. The final part will, will outline uh, different design concepts and a preferred alternative. Uh, we've included a special condition to reserve $80,000 pending notification that the grant, the Caltrans grant was awarded. Uh, the, these funds are programmed to match this type of grant, so if the grant is unsuccessful, SFMTA will have to seek alternate funds and reduce the scope of the project. Uh, next, um, 
bicycle safety education and outreach. Uh, the Plans and Programs Committee was uh, briefed on this request to fund a 20-month uh, bicycle safety and outreach program last month. As a reminder, the program would feature uh, three tiers of outreach and an evaluation component. Um, at the time, the committee recommended allocating only sufficient uh, amount of Prop K funds to support the procurement process and committing to allocate the rest of the funds after SFMTA had identified a proposed contractor. Uh, at the request of SFMTA, we did not forward the request to the board in January to allow staff time to address the committee's concerns about allocating Prop K funds prior to the SFMTA conducting a request for proposals and identifying the top-ranked firm. Um, We've met with Commissioner Peskin, who initially uh, raised concerns about the request. We clarified that as a funding agency, it is a best practice to award a grant before an agency advertises a contract. Um, this provides the best opportunity for the Transportation Authority Board and the public to provide input uh, on the proposed scope, schedule, budget, um, and funding plan. Uh, further, most sponsor agencies, including SFMTA, require that all funds be committed before initiating the procurement process. Uh, the SFMTA has also modified the request to better call out the evaluation budget as requested by the committee. And at this time, we're recommending approval of the uh, $170,000 as requested by SFMTA and detailed in the enclosed allocation request form. Uh, finally, uh, Golden Gate Buffered Bike Lane. Uh, this request would expand the scope of an earlier Prop K allocation to extend a road diet on Golden Gate Avenue and construct an eastbound buffered bike lane between Polk Street and Market Street. Uh, the project would convert the street from three lanes to two lanes and implement uh, improvements including painted safety zones uh, to increase the visibility of pedestrians at crosswalks. The SFMTA anticipates no parking loss because of the proposed improvements included in the project. Uh, with that, we can take any questions and there are SFMTA staff here to uh, answer anything. Thank you. Thank you for your presentation. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the uh, procurement of the hybrid diesel um, buses. I think that, uh, from my understanding, the timeline was shifted to earlier, which is a great thing, but just uh, so the public is aware of that, um, if you could talk about why we were able to, to do so. Would SFMTA want to, oh. want to comment on that? or? or um, because I think some of it uh, is related to the fact that, that capacity was opened at the manufacturer. So, so that is an opportunity to, um, you know, not have to compete with other cities that are trying to procure the same type of bus. Um, mm -hmm. and, and from my understanding, I know that we were supposed to have purchased these in 2019, but um, we're actually going to be able to do it uh, much earlier. Well, not much earlier, but they should be put into service by July 2017. So, I, again, I think that's, that's wonderful. Um, and I'm also wondering uh, if there are details about how these new vehicles, um, not just this batch, but also the other ones we've purchased as well, will be deployed so that it's spread out throughout the entire city um, <clears throat> equally. So I'm Monique Webster with the SFMTA Capital Finance. And um, yes, so these are replacement buses. So they will be, um, as they come in, they will be deployed on our, on our regular lines throughout the city um, as, they, as they currently are. Okay, so, so for example, I don't know if there's a plan for um, particular lines or it's just based on uh, which vehicles seem to, um, I guess, be in the worst condition. Right, yeah. Um, I'm afraid I don't. I don't have that. I don't. I don't have that knowledge. Um, let me turn and see. 
If not, we can follow up no, after no, this. Too. No, I'm, I'm okay. afraid we can get back to you on okay. that, about exactly how the deployment works um, as the buses come in. But, yeah, typically, you know, so the oldest buses are retired first and then replaced with the newer ones. How they are deployed across the routes um, is a determination made by our transit operations staff, so I'm not able to comment on that. Okay, yeah. thank you. We can follow up after. Uh, Commissioner Avalos. Thank you. I had the same questions, and if so, if you could follow up with my office as well, I would also like to get uh, an overview of where we are with the whole replacement program for our fleet. Mm -hmm. um, I know we have some gap in funding. I just want to get abreast of how far we've come along in terms of our purchasing. Yes, absolutely. So both the um, we're we're both moving forward with our, uh, replacement of all of our buses, and of course we're also moving forward with our LRV uh, expansion and replacement projects as well. So I'd be happy to to get all that information to you. And, and when you say our buses, that's our diesel and our trolleys. Uh, yes, both. Yes, we're we're going through a major replacement of almost all of our vehicles during this time period. Great. It's been about a year and a half, I think, since I've been briefed, and I'd like to see where we're at. So uh, maybe MT, uh, TA staff can help. Yeah, right we'd up. be happy to do so. Okay, great. Thank you. Look forward to the follow-up. Uh, any other questions or comments, colleagues? Okay, seeing none, then we will open up uh, item 6 to public comment then. All right, seeing no members of the public, item six, public comments closed. And uh, colleagues, you have a motion. So moved. All right, moved by Commissioner Avalo, second by Commissioner Farrell, and without objection, item six passes. Uh, item seven. Item seven, improving West Side Transit Access Strategic Analysis Report. This is an information item. Thank you, we have Brian Green-Roselle here from TA. Hi, Commissioners. Good to be here. I am Ryan Green-Roselle. I'm a senior transportation planner with the Transportation Authority, here to present to you with the results of our West, Improving West Side Transit Access Strategic Analysis Report. So what I'd like to do is just uh, give you all a little bit of background on the report, um, where it came from, methodology, uh, talk about some of our high-level findings and recommendations. So for those of you who might not be familiar, uh, strategic analysis reports are done by uh, the Transportation Authority about twice a year on the request of a supervisor. So uh, this uh, strategic analysis report was initiated last year by Supervisor Tang. Um, typically, supervisors request them if there's just a, a big-picture issue that's of interest to them, they want more information, and we do a pretty focused, it's a high-level, quick turnaround effort just to kind of frame the issue and look at what, what might be appropriate next steps. So we're not trying to directly solve the problems, just point the way to productive, um, productive next steps. So um, for this strategic analysis report, again, the topic was improving access uh, to West Side Transit. And specifically, uh, Supervisor Tang indicated interest in improving access to uh, West Side Transit hubs, uh, Daly City, and uh, West Portal stations in particular. So, um, you know, we, we took a look at that and uh, wanted to just frame the issue for you a little in a kind of a little bit of a broader context. So why, why is uh, access to hubs important? Well, one reason is that um, it's a key way that people get downtown, and downtown is a top commute destination. So this, this graphic is just illustrating what are the top commute destinations for people headed downtown. Um, you can see from the graphic that the, actually the South Bay is the top commute destination. I'll comment on that later. But the second top commute de destination is um, downtown San Francisco. And, um, <clears throat> and, and again, West Side hubs are a key way of getting there. Uh, the hubs currently, of course, only go out to the 
periphery of the west side. Um, and there's just a bigger picture issue, of course, if, uh, just to illustrate it for you with this graphic. Um, uh, that's showing uh, with different colors kind of how long it takes to get to downtown. So um, the blue is showing you, I just chose Transamerica Pyramid as a kind of an example destination, but the blue is showing you uh, who can access uh, that location within 15 minutes on transit. Um, green is 30 minutes, yellow is 45 minutes, and uh, orange is uh, an hour. So just kind of illustrates that if you're coming from the west side, you're trying to get downtown. It's a long trip for people, obviously. I think everybody knows that, but it's just important to call attention to that and that that's part of the context for this study. Um, I think there's, there's really an opportunity here. Another little tidbit of information is that when we compare um, how many people are taking transit from the west side to downtown versus from the east bay to downtown, it's actually a higher share of people uh, who come from the East Bay and take transit. So about 80% of people coming from the East Bay during peak periods take transit downtown San Francisco, but only about 65% from the west side. So that all just adds context to this issue that um, it's a long trip downtown, uh, and we could do better uh, in getting more people on transit um, downtown. And obviously, you can address that problem by pro providing a one-seat ride. Um, you know, that's usually what people prefer is to take a one-seat ride downtown, but um, it's not always possible to do that. And uh, we also have to take advantage of getting people to these rail hubs, because once you get to a rail hub, uh, it's actually a pretty fa uh, fast trip downtown. So like from West Portal, if everything goes well, it can be, a, you know, like a 20-minute or less ride. So that's it's a key strategy for addressing this problem and for getting people um, getting people downtown. So, so the remainder of the study really focused on uh, how do we do this? How do we improve access to these hubs to get people downtown? And specifically, trying to encourage access by transit, uh, bicycling, and you know, carpooling or other kinds of shared use modes, as opposed to driving to the hub. And I know part of the interest I've heard Supervisor Tang mention, you know, having observed many times people driving to us portal driving to Daly City. Um, so ideally, we want people to be taking other modes to get to these stations um, to, to get downtown. So we looked at, we looked at the access, um, all the kind of access considerations. So let me just talk about our methodology a little bit. So to address this question of how do we improve access to these hubs, we did a number of interviews. We interviewed staff at SFMTA. We interviewed staff at BART, uh, at some of the private sector mobility providers. Uh, we did kind of a full existing conditions review, looking at what are the current access modes today, um, what is the quality of the access modes that we have. We did a community focus group with some folks out on the west side to talk about their interests on this issue. Uh, we also did a survey uh, to prioritize issues. And what, what I'll start to get into is um, the survey results and recommendations. And so sort of in, in the interest of time, I'd like to just kind of jump straight into the recommendations and try to provide some context for them as we go through them. Uh, one thing to note as we, as we get into, sorry, go ahead. Before you go to the next part, um, I'm just not clear when you say the hubs, what, yeah. are, what are the hubs? What, what, yeah. mm -hmm. what, where are the hubs? Yeah, absolutely, sorry. Like our um, yeah, so let me go back. Um, I, I think I glossed over this uh, graphic here. Can we switch over to the, the PowerPoint? Oh, so are you talking about Forest Hill and West Portal? Yeah, it, well, so we focus primarily on West Portal and Daly City BART. Um, the, really, there are, this graphic just kind of shows that there are four main rail hubs. So when I say hubs, I mean rail uh, rail right. hubs. And, um, and again, we, we, did, we did primarily West Portal and Daly City. Thank you. Okay. Um, okay, so going back to methodology, <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm going to get into the recommendations, but want to first state that um, the, the way we approached the recommendations was first to do this existing conditions review, as I mentioned, kind of inventorying every possible issue that we could come across that might be an access barrier, so, so in some issue that would kind of prevent a barrier for 
present a barrier for somebody who wants to access um, hubs. And then we, we had a, quite a few of these uh, issues, as you might imagine, so we needed a way to prioritize them. And we did a survey, an intercept survey at, at uh, several of the hubs and also a household survey to try to prioritize uh, which issues we should really emphasize the most as we make recommendations. And we found um, when we did the survey, we asked those who are currently driving, we asked them what alternatives they would be most likely to consider. And we asked this of people who were driving all the way to their destination and, or driving to a hub. Uh, so we asked them which, which alternative they would be most likely to, con to consider among transit, um, taking a shared ride mode, and, or bicycling. And uh, we found that um, transit was strongly preferred by most current drivers, so as an al that was their top alternative. So like around 60% of drivers said they would consider transit as an alternative. Um, and so um, our, our recommendations start with transit in, um, kind of improvement recommendations. And then the, the second priority was um, shared use mode, so carpooling or taking some kind of shared ride. Uh, and so that's kind of the second level of priority. And then bicycling was the last. Uh, so that's how I'm going to present the recommendations to you. I have six recommendations. Um, and again, they, they really emphasize what, how can we improve those transit um, access points to get to the hubs, um, followed by shared ride mode, uh, shared use modes, and then bicycling. Uh, so getting into, I'm going to start off with the transit recommendations, and I should also state that, um, again, we focus primarily on what could be done more in the, short, the near term. Um, we do have some long-term recommendations, but we wanted to just highlight a few sort of low-hanging fruit near-term opportunities. So getting into the, um, the transit recommendations, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of different approaches we could take to uh, improving transit, just wanted to also briefly share from the survey that we found uh, when we asked people what kinds of transit improvements they would most value, uh, we heard that they would most value transit reliability improvements and transit travel time improvements. So that's something we've heard uh, very consistently from other surveys that have been done throughout the city is that transit reliability is very, very critical and important. Uh, so when we get into the recommendations, we really emphasize um, those that relate to reliability and improving, um, improving travel time. And the reason, just to briefly elaborate on that, I think it's, um, it's, it's really important to note that on the west side, we actually have fairly frequent scheduled transit services. So a lot of the, the lines that run out there have scheduled service frequencies of 10 minutes or less. But when the routes get unreliable, um, uh, vehicles get behind schedule and then they become crowded and people perceive that there's not enough transit. So like a lot of times I know I hear from SFMTA that they often hear and we heard in our survey people want more frequent service but it's also tied up with this issue of unreliability. So getting into the transit recommendations, um, what we're suggesting first is to implement um, planned projects that are, are already in the pipeline to address uh, reliability and uh, travel time sounds uh, sounds like an easy thing to do, but there's actually like there's actually a very robust set of projects that are already planned to address these issues. So we wanted to flag that, and it's it's not a sort of an inconsequential task to implement those. Um, they're they're all documented. All the planned projects in the area are documented in the report, so you can look at them there. Um, just one to highlight is the El Terraval, for example. There's a, a study to uh, improve travel times in the El Terraval, and that'll con that'll improve connections to West Portal. So we looked at all the work that's ongoing um, and compared that to the need, and we, we did find um, a, a few gaps. 
One is the, the 29 Sunset. I don't know if you all are familiar with that route. Runs um, north-south along Sunset Avenue, down, it connects to Balboa Park Bart. So it's an important connection for anybody who's living in the western part of the Sunset, wants to go down to Balboa Park Bart. Um, there's been some changes on that line, but um, there's no, there's no um, kind of immediate plans to do um, significant changes. Uh, and that's in part because historically it wasn't a high ridership line but it's actually experienced a 40% ridership growth since uh, 2007. Uh, so it's actually a pretty well-utilized high ridership line now. It connects down to BART. Uh, travel times on it are fairly slow. Uh, so there's an opportunity there to take a look uh, and see what could be done to improve the 29 Sunset. Again, it would have to be looked at in the context of all the other work that's going on. Where does it fit in terms of priority? That would need to be determined, but it's, it's a, currently a gap that we flagged. What, what, sure. Do you know what the 40% ridership increase is attributed to? Um, that's a good question. I don't know if we have any. It's a line that's used by a lot of students. Um, yeah, I, anecdotally, you know, when we did the focus group, we heard a lot of students using that route. Um, but yeah, actually, we didn't investigate that. But it's it's a it's an interesting trend because there hasn't been a lot of land use change in that part of the city. Uh, so it'd be interesting to look into. We didn't um, we didn't try to investigate that. Um, the other point I wanted to mention is that um, <clears throat> is uh, that. Uh, Daily City itself um, is, uh, presents a bit of a constraint. So uh, Daily City actually is kind of maxed out with respect to receiving more frequent bus services. So uh, it already has a lot of connecting bus service, but the available space for that service is, is pretty much maxed out at this point. So if we want to add more frequent service to Daily City, and there are plans to do so associated with Park Merced, et cetera, um, there needs to be a plan to provide more space for bus pickup and drop-off. So we wanted to just bring that to your attention as well. I think all the agencies are aware of that. It's just something we need to start thinking about because it's potentially a major capital project. The, the low-hanging fruit has already been plucked. Um, in fact, I think uh, BART is going to be coming in next month for some uh, Prop AA funds to do some circulation improvements at Daly City. But beyond that, there's actually potentially a major capital project pending to re re reconfigure the station and provide more space for connecting bus service. Um, we also wanted to note um, the importance of West Portal itself. Uh, we found that what, through interviews and through some of the analysis we did that West Portal is a key source of unreliability for transit. So if we, if we remember that um, reliability is like the number one issue that, um, that can affect whether or not drivers choose transit um, and West Portal is a key source of unreliability. That means we really need to be paying attention to what's happening at West Portal. Um, and SFMTA, again, is, is already aware of this. They're looking at doing a study coming up this year, uh, but we wanted to just flag that and really support that study as a key way to solve some of these problems. And just to illustrate a little bit, this is just a, a one example. We went out one morning, just day in the life of West Portal. You've got, um, you know, it's almost like a pedestrian scramble at the intersection. People kind of going everywhere. You've got cars. Uh, I actually have a video as well, but I probably don't have time to show it. But it's, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's, it needs some work to try to make it more rationalized. And then there are also issues within the, like, that relate to train operations within the station itself. So uh, for, this is just one example of ways that Muni can get delayed coming out of West Portal. Trains currently have to, the train behind has to wait for the train in front to offboard, and that's due to rules about how how the trains approach one another. Um, uh, that's one source of delay. There can also be delays if, for example, the, you know, the, the stairs, the mechanical stairs don't work, if the doors don't work. Um, some of the fleet um, replacement should help with that, but you can get these really catastrophic delays that ripple through the whole system. So um, again, I know all of this is on SFMT's radar, but we wanted to just bring it to you as well to say you know, these issues need to be, um, need to be looked at. 
Um, I'll also mention just talking about West Portal that West Portal currently lacks secure bicycle parking. Um, Daily City, by contrast, has plenty of bicycle cages that are secure for the day. Uh, but if you wanted to uh, bike to West Portal, leave your bike there for the day, can't currently do so. So um, that's another issue that could be looked at in the context of this sort of West Portal circulation um, and access. Uh, and, and I will just say to wrap up, I do think SFMT is aware of this and, you know, would be looking at it in the context of the upcoming study. It I seems like space wouldn't be such an issue there. Mm -hmm. There is, like, yeah. some space. But yeah, no, and I think, um, I know um, I've also heard concerns about just where to cite it so that you don't increase the circulation issues because I know, you know, of the mess that's kind of going on in the intersection, bikes are part of that, so you'd have to kind of find a way, a place to put it that wouldn't uh, further exacerbate circulation problems. So I didn't, we didn't look at where it would make sense to cite it, but um, agree that it would be challenging. Okay, so um, just moving on to the next recommendation, this final transit-related recommendation. We did hear during focus groups, um, you know, although we know that reliability and travel times are, are really the most important based on our survey, we also heard during community focus groups that people were interested in sort of whether they could get more routes that actually connect to transit hubs. Um, and, and, you know, one way to approach that is to take a look at routes that are um, currently uh, not performing as well and look at whether they could, that, that capacity could be kind of better leveraged or better utilized to serve transit hubs. Uh, and I'll just mention um, uh, the 66 Kintara as an example of that. So um, this graphic just illustrates this is the average utilization and kind of part of the west side study area uh, in the morning peak period. And you can see that the 66 Kintara is one of the least, it is the least well utilized of, of the transit routes that are out there. It has kind of a, uh, this is just a little schematic of the, the service um, route of the Kintara. It's a sort of, um, you know, deserving of further study, but it's not exactly clear what sort of it's going from and connecting to. Um, so, so I think we're seeing a lot of laughs here. It's a very small route. Yeah, so it's it's sort of a minor route, but I think it's an opportunity. This and this and there are others on the west side that are a lower frequency routes that are not very well utilized. Um, and uh, so, what we're suggesting is maybe for SFMTA to take a look at that, to look at how this route could be kind of reused or re redeployed, tweaked to potentially connect to West Portal or you know, make other changes. Um, and we know that um, Supervisor Tang is potentially interested in using her uh, NTIP funds to take a look at that. So that wraps up the, the kind of the transit recommendations, which are the most important. I know I'm getting a little low on time here, so I'll just briefly mention the remaining recommendations. So um, one is, as I mentioned, there is driver interest in um, carpooling and ride sharing to hubs, so there are ways of encouraging that through pilot projects. We have some ideas that are documented in the report, if you're interested. Um, also mentioned just in the vein of bicycle access, that um, particularly, I mentioned bike parking at West Portal, but we, we think a, a Daily City is also deserving of a bike access study. Um, it's kind of a mess down there by the freeway. There's all kinds of, you know, freeway um, overpasses. If you're, uh, there's issues with steep grades leading up to the station and kind of fragmented connections. So we think it might be deserving of its own follow-on study potentially. Um, so we make that recommendation in the report. And then finally, wanted to mention two longer-term recommendations. Our focus was on short-term recommendations, but just did want to acknowledge that, of course, um, the, the gold standard for providing fast travel times to um, downtown would be to ex extend subways into the west side. Um, and that, uh, you know, could, will be looked at as part of the upcoming long-range transportation planning process for our uh, countywide long-range transportation plan. There's an opportunity to kind of revisit that issue of, you know, does it make sense to um, do any extensions in the, in the very long term? Of course, have to look at how those compete with other 
opportunities for subways elsewhere in the city. Um, there is the M-Line subway that's already in the works being planned for that part of the city, so that's important to note as well. Um, we also think um, providing um, HOV uh, service, uh, sorry, de dedicated HOV lanes on I-280 could be a long-term solution that could also be looked at in a long-range planning context. Um, for example, if you if you had a, a dedicated HOV lane on I-280 that a, a bus could get on and just um, express all the way downtown, uh, that could also be another fast way to get uh, folks directly to their destination. Um, today, you know, they just get stuck in traffic and it's not really a competitive alternative. Um, and then finally, wanted to just harken back to one of my first slides where we showed South Bay as one of the top commute destinations. Uh, we, don't, we didn't touch a lot on that, but do think it's worth looking at in, uh, in this long-range transportation planning process because um, a lot, that's where a lot of people are going. And in fact, it's about 90% of people drive for that commute. So as compared to people going downtown, it's, I think it's around um, 65 or so percent of people are taking transit. So the minority driving downtown currently, we have huge numbers of people driving between West Side and South Bay. So that needs to be looked at as well. It wasn't our focus, but um, suggested for the future. So uh, with that, thank you very much. And I'm happy to take any questions that you have. All right. Thank you so much uh, for this work. Um, you know, I was certainly very interested in, in doing this, uh, and it doesn't just touch upon District 4. I think it really um, highlights uh, several different um, neighborhoods that actually residents have uh, difficulties accessing um, different hubs. And so I thank you for that approach. I really look forward to working on how it is that we can repurpose uh, underutilized lines, such as the 66 Quintara, um, to better serve uh, our residents. And um, so, so thank you for your work. Great. All right, so any, any other questions, questions or comments from colleagues? Okay, seeing none, then we will open up this item to public comment. All right, seeing no members of the public, public comment for item seven is closed. <coughs> item eight, please. Item eight, introduction of new items. This is an information item. All right, no introductions. Uh, public comment <coughs> for item eight. Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. And item nine. Item nine, public comment. General public comment. Any members of the public who wish to comment? Seeing none, public comment is closed. And item 10. Item 10, adjournment. All right, thank you. We are adjourned.